KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. On Monday, we celebrated Indigenous Peoples Day, a day meant to honor the history, culture, and resistance of Native Americans. This year's celebration comes two years after President Biden commemorated the holiday, saying the day is meant to honor America's first inhabitants and the tribal nations that continue to thrive today. Joining me now is Professor Jolie Proudfit. She is Chair of American Indian Studies and Director of the California Indian Culture and Sovereignty Center at CSU San Marcos. Jolie, so good to have you back on Midday Edition. Thank you for having me. All right, so what does Indigenous Peoples Day mean to you? Indigenous Peoples Day honors and recognizes really the rich histories, contributions, cultures, and resilience of Native peoples of these lands, and in this case, of these lands that we call now California. And can you talk about the holiday's origins? Yes, the holiday um, has its origins in, you know, reclaiming the day and removing it from a um, Columbus Day, which is, um, I think, for most of your listeners, if they don't know, uh, Columbus was an explorer. But uh, more than that, he was the father of the modern uh, slave trade of what we know, the slave trade. And he was particularly brutal to Native peoples here of what we now call Native North America. So naming a holiday after someone who committed so many atrocities, not a good thing. And there was a, a strong movement by Indigenous people from the East Coast to the West Coast to reclaim that day and to really elevate and honor the rich contributions of Indigenous people rather than honor someone who has such a horrific past. Right. And all that is honored on Indigenous Peoples Day and remembered, do you feel like those things and those lessons um, are being taught in school uh, year round? You know, unfortunately, we aren't teaching about Native peoples year round or on a regular basis. We are still relegated, unfortunately, in places like California two holidays or days of remembrance like California Indian Day, which is the fourth Friday in September, or Indigenous Peoples Day, or even Native American Heritage Month. And so Native people like to say Indigenous Peoples Day is every day. If you love the land that you're living on and the you know, wonderful, bountiful, you know, foods and environment that um, grow here in places like California, then we really need to recognize the rich contributions of California Indian peoples and indigenous peoples and the contributions they've made to, um, you know, keeping and maintaining uh, this land. I mean, California is so known for its environmental ecology and diversity and abundance, not to mention um, the amount of food this state produces. And so why not look and remind ourselves or learn about the rich contributions of Indigenous people? So I'd love to see a more intentional focus on curriculum inclusion 
And so I have spent most of my adult life advocating for the inclusion of California Indian history and culture in school curricula. And we're starting to see a little bit of forward momentum, but it can't be relegated to days or holidays or even months. It has to be a part of the curriculum from science to math to land to history to civics. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so why do you think there's been such a resistance um, to, to having this in curricula? Well, I think um, erasure is the new form of racism. And indigenous people of these lands have been really erased from everything from arts to names to um, our visibility. We are here in California, the largest population of American Indians resides here in California, but you wouldn't know that next to the 40 million other people that reside here. So bringing the visibility and bringing the, the true word of equity and the true word of inclusion to the forefront will allow for that cultural exchange, will allow for that inclusion of the first peoples of this land. So we need really everyone to advocate for um, the inclusivity of American Indians in our curriculum, in our arts, in our entertainment, in our place names. And so, you know, it's going to take all of us to do that. While, like I said, we have a large population of Native people, it is dwarfed in comparison to the overall general population. So it really takes everyone to have a hand in making sure Native peoples are front and center. So let's talk about, you know, some of the history, the culture um, of, of Native peoples uh, here in California, particularly. What are some things that you think are obvious, uh, but that people just don't know about? Well, one of the things that I think people are starting to make room for and learn about are the um, impacts that Indigenous knowledge has on climate change and environmental protection. So, for example, um, California Indians uh, understood fire management, understood that fire was a critical relative and important to maintaining um, the ecology and the environment. And so there is now a, a, a tendency to look towards indigenous knowledge in climate advancement, climate resilience. And um, so I'm excited to see, you know, people really making space for the inclusion of indigenous knowledge as it relates to climate resilience and how we're going to better impact our climate and be good stewards of this land for everyone. So so having scientists, environmental ecologists, um, fire science management experts look to California indigenous knowledges that have been here since time immemorial um, as a way to manage and caretake this land is a real positive um, opportunity for all of us. You know, yesterday, Governor Newsom signed two bills to bolster the efforts to return Native American remains and artifacts from California's public universities back to tribes. Can you talk about why it's important for tribes to see these artifacts return to tribal hands? Well, I'm so grateful to James Ramos, our one and only California Indian legislator, for pushing these bills forward and to our governor for signing those bills. But, you know, shame on these institutions 
for holding hundreds of thousands of our ancestors and human remains and funerary objects and their institutions of higher learning. There are more dead California Indians in these institutions of higher learning than there are live ones. And so we need to do better. We need to have these institutions not only follow state law, but federal law and return these items to the um, the descendants, the, the first peoples of these lands so they can properly um, take care of these items and take care of our ancestors. It's just a real shame that it's taking state legislation now to force these state institutions to follow federal law. In the mid-1990s, as a young professor at San Francisco State, I served on the Native American Graves Protection Repatriation Committee. Those items were supposed to be returned by five years. It's been almost 30 years. And to know that these institutions still have hundreds of thousands of items is a real shame, but I'm glad to see there's some forward action and policy shifts to make this happen. And these institutions need to work closely with tribal communities and the tribal partners to make sure that this is done quickly and respectfully. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that these universities uh, have these remains is a, a the historical impact of colonization. Can you talk about some of the contemporary um, impacts of colonization that that uh, the the native peoples are experiencing to this day? Well, the loss of land is probably the most serious, and what we see impacting everything in our daily lives, the displacement of California Indian tribal nations really has a number on, has done a number on um, our very economies, our very livelihoods, our very health and wellness. So having access to our lands, returning lands to native peoples, and that can be done in a variety of ways, not just returning large pieces of land to tribal communities, but making sure that California Indians as individuals have access who live in a state that is so expensive to live in. You know, a California Indian should be at the top of the list when it comes to Section 8 housing. California Indians should have 0% interest home loans so that they can own homes in their home state. So there are ways in which um, the impact of colonization can be seen on our health and wellness, again, on our dietary restrictions, um, you know, pay equity for women, um, not having access to affordable housing will impact all of that. Um, how about 0% interest loans in California Indian-owned business? I mean, we have been at the bottom of the economic ladder for uh, since colonization. And so I think it's high time we turn that around. And a real investment by this state, which has, what, the fifth largest economy in the world, needs to be made towards impacting the current and daily lives of California Indians. Right. And San Diego County is home to some 18 tribes, uh, among the most and in, in really in any county in the U.S. So can you tell us about a few of them here? Yeah, the 18 tribes that exist here in San Diego County, more than any other county in the U.S., have been amazing partners and stewards. For example, um, in East County, San Diego, those three tribes, Vieja, Sequan, and Barona, have been amongst the largest employers in East County, San Diego, contributing to nonprofits, contributing to ancillary businesses, um, to 
public schools. I mean, they've been really esteemed, really great partners. Then we have other here in North County, Paula, Rincon, La Jolla, Palma, um, entering wonderful businesses like organic farming, being good stewards of the land, investing in public higher ed, public schools, um, educating, advocating for water use and water rights. So these are tribal communities which may have smaller populations due to colonization, but their environmental and economic footprint not only impacts their community, but a much larger community by employing many of the residents and citizens of San Diego County. You know, and outside of San Diego County, we received one comment from a listener yesterday um, who was talking about the experience of Native Hawaiians and how they sometimes get overlooked in discussions on Indigenous peoples in America. Can you talk about the diaspora of the Native American experience? Well, yeah, you know, there's so everyone's Indigenous to some place. And unfortunately, I just learned recently in talking to a Hawaiian scholar that there are more indigenous Hawaiians living outside of Hawaii than on the island because they can't afford to live in their homelands. So the issue of land back is so critically important. We can't honor the rich contributions of indigenous people without recognizing and supporting indigenous people and their wellness and self-determination today. So indigenous people should have the opportunity and the choice to live on their homelands. And that includes our indigenous Hawaiian brothers and sisters. Their homelands are so beautiful. And we all recognize the devastation that happened in Maui. And I hope that we all center indigenous um, Hawaiians in Maui as being the first in line to have their homes rebuilt and their communities rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And, and ownership of the land, too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming up, our conversation continues with Professor Jolie Proudfit. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. I'm speaking with Professor Jolie Proudfit of Cal State San Marcos about Indigenous Peoples Day. And Jolie, you know, how would you like to see the conversation change around Native American history and culture? I'd like to see the conversation around American Indian history and culture be centered on a daily basis. I'd like to see all of our public schools and private schools. Look, if, you ha- or if you're educating people in California, you must be talking about the contributions of California Indians from everything from our history to our culture to our languages. I'd love to see our languages be brought back in the public schools that reside on those tribal lands and those tribal home communities. I would love to see an investment in California Indian businesses and California Indian home ownership. And I'd love to see an investment in California Indian environmental stewardship. So we can all do this. Um, Everyone who's living in California is benefiting from California Indian lands. Let's work together to educate ourselves, to support indigenous artists and businesses by participating in indigenous events engaging in Indigenous cultural experiences, and collaborating with Indigenous communities for environmental protection and stewardship. But let's also work together to 
not only just acknowledge the land, but to see how we can put land um, ownership and stewardship back in the hands of the first peoples of California. And, and though Indigenous Peoples Day was officially Monday, there are celebrations continuing throughout the week at Cal State San Marcos. Can you tell us how the school has been celebrating so far? And also, what events are you planning for the next uh, week or for the rest of this week, at least? Yes, yeah, so we've extended our Indigenous Peoples Day at Cal State San Marcos to a week because we know that we have students coming on campus on different days. And so we want to give everyone an opportunity to share So we have our American Indian Student Alliance, which is our award-winning American Indian student group, um, with our faculty and staff in the California Culture and Sovereignty Center, exposing our campus community to our music, our culture, our dance. Um, And we've had a number of events this um, already take place on campus. But tomorrow, our American Indian Student Alliance is having a uh, sale of um, indigenous-made beadwork and cultural items that folks can come by um, on campus and purchase. So if you're looking for a gift for a special someone or you wanna honor indigenous artistry and have something that's quality handmade, made by indigenous hands, I welcome you to come to Cal State San Marcos and get your shopping on by purchasing directly from our American Indian Student Alliance who have been busy at bead working And so they have a number of really beautiful items for sale tomorrow. So come in and join. And and we might have some Indigenous food tasting as well. And while people are celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, do you have any recommendations for ways that people can um, best honor the day? Well, one, support tribal sovereignty. Um, You can do that in a number of ways. Respect and support tribal sovereignty and Native nations here in California. Um, You can be a political advocate to support policies and legislators that uphold the rights of Native peoples here in California. You can provide economic support by supporting Native-owned businesses. Um, We have everything from restaurants to organic farms to Native fashion. And you can do a simple Google search to find some of the names of Native-owned businesses. You can educate yourselves by reading books and, and watching documentaries written and created by Native Americans. Um, you can attend lectures and webinars by Native Americans. You can sign up at the California Indian Culture and Sovereignty Center uh, to receive our newsletter and learn about a number of activities and participate in numerous events. You can cook indigenous foods, support indigenous um, activism. Um, and lastly, I would say, On November 1st at Cal State San Marcos, we're kicking off Native American Heritage Month in partnership with KPBS for the new uh, series, uh, Native America Season 2. And we're getting a premiere look at the Episode 3, which features Indigenous women. So I invite everyone to come to campus on November 1st and for a free screening and a reception and meet some of the wonderful Native women who are making America great and really showcasing their advocacy and art and culture. And Jolie, you mentioned books and art um, from Native American people, but do you feel media representation of Native Americans and the Native American experience has improved in recent years? It definitely has improved. Media representation of Native storytellers has improved Um, greatly in the last few years. 
and I'm so excited to be a part of a television series that um, your viewers can watch on Netflix. And we even have free episodes on kids YouTube called Spirit Rangers. Spirit Rangers is a preschool show that features a fictitious family based on a Southern California tribal family of park rangers who engage in all kinds of fun activities to protect the park and the environment and the ecology and all the critters in that environment. So Spirit Rangers, uh, people can watch on Netflix. And we are entering our third season. We have uh, currently 40 episodes available to watch on Netflix. And we have our first ever California Indian showrunner, Carissa Valencia, and we just hit our one-year anniversary. Spirit Rangers launched a year ago on Indigenous Peoples Day, and so your viewers can watch Spirit Rangers and learn about the rich histories and contributions and art forms of Indigenous people from Turtle Island, Native North America, and beyond, centered around storytelling from a California Indian showrunner, Carissa Valencia. And also, I have to ask about land acknowledgements. Um, they're something we see more commonly today. How do you feel about them? Do you feel they're sincere acts or uh, performative? You know, land acknowledgements can be quite performative if done incorrectly. We have a land acknowledgement toolkit at um, the California Culture and Sovereignty Center that anyone can download that's a really good toolkit on why we do land acknowledgements and how we do land acknowledgements, but gives you also some ways in which you can be a better um, and more respectful community member in doing them. So land acknowledgements are really impactful and powerful because they build relationships with those people doing them, acknowledging the space, but working in partnership with the tribal peoples of the land. So it's much more than saying words out loud and simply acknowledging whose land that you're living, working, learning, and playing on, but it's really about creating community and working in partnership with the original people of the lands to make space for them on your school boards, uh, on your park and recreations, in your businesses. So it's a really good way to remember the first peoples of the land, but also include them because Native people have never left the land. We are still here. And so it's, it's a really positive way to create relationships so that we could all be good stewards of the land. And President Joe Biden commemorated Indigenous Peoples Day in 2021. Uh, does the fact that it is now a federal holiday have meaning for you? Um, and what changes have you seen with Indigenous Peoples Day becoming a recognized holiday? Well, you know, Joe Biden recognizing it um, from the federal government and amplifying it to a federal holiday is good. Um, but where I'd like to see a more um, intentionality is making sure that all public schools on that day focus on the people of the land, educate students on that day. You know, my 12-year-old, who's a seventh grader here in San Diego, went to school and I asked her when she came back on Monday, did any of your teachers, and I started with her history teacher, did they acknowledge Indigenous Peoples Day? And she said, no, they did not. And our teachers, our schools can do better by taking the time and acknowledging the rich contributions of Indigenous peoples and maybe creating a lesson plan or two on those days. And so this is something we can do more than just take the day off. And, you know, to be frank, federal employees 
um, having the day off. Federal employees should use Indigenous Peoples Day to perhaps um, work in tribal communities, amplify tribal communities, educate others about tribal communities and our rich contributions. So let's all have a hand in um, working together to elevate and support Indigenous peoples on that day and beyond. But you know, rather than some people getting the day off, maybe that's a day that they can look to invest in tribal communities and perhaps giving indigenous people the day off to spend with our families and not having to work so hard. So, you know, one of the things, like I said, we can do is really um, have our teachers uh, celebrate the rich contributions of indigenous people so kids like mine don't have to feel like they're not seen or heard or made to feel invisible. Indeed. I've been speaking with Professor Jolie Proudfit, Chair of American Indian Studies and Director of the California Indian Culture and Sovereignty Center at CSU San Marcos. Professor Proudfit, as always, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.